give a fuck. What up, what up, what up? It's episode 13, lucky number 13, coming up on Halloween of the Late to Work podcast. It's your boy, Money Mitch, a.k.a. King Lear, a.k.a. a lot of other things, but you can find me on social media at mgainer22 or at mlgainer22, depending on your preferred social media platform. I'm here rocking with my man, at only Chris Allen, best comic in Rhode Island, soon to be New England, soon to be a lot of other places, check for my man. Soon to be the motherfucking world. I don't, I don't world. have that much confidence, actually. <laughs> sure. Listen, there's a lot of pretty people on this podcast today. We here rocking with a very special guest. We just handsome nigga podcast. Beautiful black men out here is what we do. Uh, rocking with my man, Pascal. Uh, transitioned to Boston most recently uh, as an actor, talent, creative, writer, director? Question not, mark? Not, not quite. I'd love to do that, though. Uh, no. Creative <laughs> extraordinaire. A lot of things going on. Uh, so we here rocking with him. Like, luckily for the world uh, and for my brain, uh, this is like a lighter week in news, so it's a good week to do an interview, I feel like. It's, it's nice to be like, oh, shit's not on fire. Like, there's not an imminent threat of nuclear war today. <laughs> yeah, that's, or like, that's good. You know, like, rights aren't being, like, stripped away from people who deserve them, and people aren't being murdered. All those things are actually probably happening, yeah, as yeah. we speak. It's just yeah. not in, like, a newsworthy way yet today. <laughs> All um, the old shit is still lingering around. Like, they're still oh, yeah. destroying Harvey Weinstein deservingly. That's what I mean, like, but, like, it, we did that a lot on this podcast. Like, I, Harvey Weinstein is a piece of shit, but we yeah. we we've made a decision, Pascal. You should know. Uh, like yeah. we will, we're happy to address shitty people momentarily. But from then on, like once we have the conversation here on out, like we just make fun of them and call them dickheads mm-hmm. because that's what they are and they're pieces of shit. Gotcha. So yeah, I'm yeah. paying Harvey Weinstein no mind. You are utter piece of shit. It's only a matter of time, and uh, there are very smart people who are better lawyers than I'll ever be. Who I'm sure will put him in jail. And if not, we gotta get some new lawyers or something. Somebody's gotta be confident enough to put that one away. Yeah. Right. I'm sorry. Come on, Dre. Right. Yeah. No, you're right. You're right. Uh, <laughs> So, you know, it's... Now there's somebody more confident than us. <laughs> I can go back and do the fuck shit I yeah. do. Uh, and talk to random people about their lives and interesting stories and whatnot. Uh, so, I don't know. Give, it, give us a little bit of background. Tell, tell the people, all the hundred people or so who listen to our podcast. <laughs> uh, I hope it's more than that. We'll see. Uh, tell the people who you are. What do you do, man? What all you right. Do? Well, first of all, thank you both for letting me uh, come on your podcast. Thanks uh, for being here. Thank you. It's, it's super awesome and it's super exciting whenever Mitch... Uh, um, suggested uh, and asked if I could come on the podcast because that's that's really cool. So I just got to Boston a little over four months ago from Oklahoma. And what I do, I am a multifaceted artist. So I'm a musician. That just sounds um, bougie off right oh, multifaceted. <laughs> multifaceted artist. That's like the only way that, that I could like categorize myself. If you're multifaceted, is it not an artiste at that point? Is that not a, no, Well, see, that's, that's the thing. Like, if Because you can say artist, but that's... Sometimes when I say artist, people think just painting artists, mm-hmm. yeah. and that's one of the only things that I don't do. Yeah. Even though you I come from, art at all? no, okay, like not, not, not really. I come from a family of, of painters that the, that use art, like canvases and painting and things like that. Mm. I don't think I got that gene. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I could draw stick figures and yeah. I could draw vases. That's that's about it. But uh, I'm a musician. I'm a writer, an actor, a stage manager. So I do a lot of different things, but not, but not like the art. Painting Vincent Van Gogh kind of. And so, what is I guess what is like your focus creatively right now? Like, is it music? Is it acting? Is it writing? Is like where as a as a a multifaceted performer, performance (laughs) artist, I guess. Yeah, Uh, yeah, you you, 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 you,
Music and acting right now. Uh, See, a problem that I have doing so many things at the same time is sometimes I don't feel as focused. Mm-hmm. Even though I'm doing so many different things, yeah. it feels like I, I don't accomplish things. Like mm-hmm. all of the projects right now, for example, I'm writing my own. I'm writing my own music that I'm doing that with. Mm-hmm. I'm creating music for people. I had two friends of mine that wanted me to create music for them for different instances. Mm-hmm. So working on things like that. For things like like shows or movies or. Um, I had one events. friend that she had a a show that she does at, at her university mm-hmm. that it's a it's a film review show mm-hmm. so she just wanted me to come up with oh, the, cool, cool, cool. the opening jingle for it the opening mm-hmm. intro theme so I came up with that which is really cool and I have uh-huh. another friend who is starting up a business that focuses on developing people's brands mm-hmm. and for their commercials and, and whatever spots they do she wanted me to create music for that mm-hmm. which is really cool mm-hmm. so doing things like that every once in a while is, is super cool um, to create for people and along with that just trying to get better at piano myself Mm -hmm. um, because I play piano and then I'm writing two different novels writing a musical writing a collection of original fairy tales you thought you were writing jokes four days a week (laughs) I I was just about to say like because that is my anxiety sometimes that I deal with and I was going to ask you about that Mm -hmm. like I will be like okay well like what I want to do is like what I'm good at naturally is like telling jokes, like being a comedian, getting on stage and doing that. Mm -hmm. But I want to write, and I write sketches, and I write, and I want to write a screenplay. I've started writing a screenplay. And then when I start doing that, I'm just like, yo, like, should I just be focusing on, like, carving this craft and, like, shit, and there's, like, this anxiety about, like, where I'm spending my time, and on top of that, am I taking away from my other abilities where my strengths are to focus on something else and should I hold off? Like, how do you balance that without, like, getting nervous or feeling like, yo, I should just be focusing on, like, what do you, a- what do you What do you think your best craft is? Like, do you think, it, is it music? Is that why you're focused on it? Or do you feel like music, for instance, is, like, taken away from something else? Like, you know you got, like, like I can go back and, you know, I, like, I, you know, I've always been a dope dancer. Like, I can go back and be a dancer whenever. Mm-hmm. So, like, for now, I'm going to focus on music or... What's that, like, balance like for you? Well, music, because I think music and acting are my top two things. Mm -hmm. Like, ever since I was little, I've always wanted to act. And every time I see a movie, I see a cool show, I was like, man, I wish I was there. And do you think that's what you're best at? No, I think music. Okay. Hands down is, I think, what I'm best at and what's been in me Mm -hmm. since the very beginning. Mm Because I come from, um, as I said, um, a lot of my family, they are artists in in the, the painting, drawing, things like that. But... Um, also a very musical family. Both of my parents are uh, singer-songwriter musicians. Mm-hmm. So ever since I was little, there was always music playing in the house. Our house is never quiet. <laughs> we always have music going. We always have lyrics everywhere, all over the house and things like that. So I think music is definitely my my strength and my strong point. Right. So the other things, and like you were saying, um, working on different things, how do you not feel like nervous or down? That's something that I've I've struggled with because, yeah. you know, just like I said, like, sometimes I feel that I'm not finishing anything. Yeah. But the way I look at it, it's... Since I'm since I'm doing so many things, mm-hmm. I have just come to realize that a lot of things aren't gonna get done like right away. Yeah. Like writing a, like a screenplay, for example, it's mm-hmm. not like a short little thing. It's a yeah. big thing that you have to think about. You have to think about all the time that it takes to do that. Mm-hmm. Like for example, the musical that I'm writing, I have to do little chunks and chunks. I like for example, I have the whole dialogue of the musical drafted out, mm-hmm. and now I'm working on the music parts of it. Mm-hmm. But I. 
I just compartmentalized. Yeah, was yeah. Just, so that was yeah. like an intimate yeah. time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah. And, I've, and I've tried to. I'm not very good at it because I'm all over the place. But mm-hmm. trying to think of a master schedule, like maybe one day I can work on this a little bit. Uh, mm-hmm. The other day I can work on that a little bit. It doesn't like, always like go the way. Musical Monday. Yeah, 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 exactly. Yeah. It doesn't always work like that, unfortunately. But um, but that's yeah. I've just come to realize that. I might not finish a lot of things now, mm-hmm. but like in a little bit, I'm gonna have a whole bunch of stuff. It's yeah. gonna be super yeah, exciting. Exactly. You know? That's yeah. yeah. That's how I try and look at. It. It's almost like having like you know you have four different kids and each of them needs a little bit of attention. Yes. And but you yes. want, you don't want to neglect something that you know the next opportunity you may not get into. But hey, like, are you ready for this? And I'm like, oh no, because I've been fucking with this all day. Right. Right. <laughs> yes. But yes. yeah, you know, that's about. I always wonder like, how the fuck does Charles Gambino do, do all this shit? Right. Yeah. Like, I know. I know. And he's yeah. just like, and he's so good at everything. Yeah. And like, you almost fall in that same lane where you're like very talented at a bunch of different things. It's just like a bunch of. It's like. Too many callings pulling at you at once. Almost. Yeah, it's yeah. like, hey, hey, let me be good at one thing, universe. <laughs> exactly, exactly. <laughs> let me chill out for a little bit. Exactly. Like, like this concert for FOMO almost, where it's like, all right, mm. cool. Like I'm gonna be dope in music, but like I don't know, like dope right now would be like, yeah, I don't know if I, if I had a record that had a hundred thousand copies sold, like that would be dope. Yeah. Yeah. Right, be right, exactly. Like, yeah. Holy shit, my life is changing. But like, once you're there, right? Do you look at like, nah, I want to be doper, or is it like shit, like? If this is all I ever could be, like, what if I could have won an Oscar? Like, if I focused on it, you know what I mean? Do you yeah. have, like, you get like that weird regret, like back and forth? Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Okay, so and this is like one of the things. I, I want to ask some stories about your past, but first I want to ask you about like, um, and this is something I think about when I look at like celebrities and so forth, like a Shia LaBeouf who looks like he's just having a fucking breakdown. It's like one of the best times of his life. Huh? Or he was looking like he's having the best time of his life. I don't, I don't know. know. I just think that dude's going through a lot of shit. Or just like an example of like celebrities who's like deal with a fuck a fuck ton of pressure. Do you like imagine like you achieve all your goals and like you're at the top of your career? Do you envision how you'll handle like success at that level? Mm. And how how do you mentally? Compare tough questions. I, I just wanted this because no, I, I mean, just I look at people who are successful and have these goals. And it's like that. Like when you catch that car, what are you gonna do with it? Facts. Mm. Well, I think. See the word the word success alone is just interesting because. I think if you're if you're doing an art, for yourself for that. That you're doing your art and your passion because you feel that you have to do it. And if you did something else, then uh, you don't know what you do. I think that if you have that mindset, Mm -hmm. then there might not be a definitive form of success for you Mm -hmm. as far as a position or once you get – once I get to point X. Yeah. I think it's just – I think – the success is just being able to do it more and more mm-hmm. and being able to work more, being able to grow more, collaborate with different people, for example, like that. Mm-hmm. Like, for example, if if you're, you're a musician and you make it, whether it's you're on a major label or you're just independent and, and you just skyrocket to the top, and as, to the top is like, and a lot of people know who you are, people want to work with you. You don't necessarily um, that musician might not be like okay now that I'm here like I'm I'm good but now they they have all these people that want to work with them they can work with those people they can grow as an artist and continue to spread like their legacy outward yeah so I think it's just if you if you reach you know like you make it then mm-hmm. that just makes more 
for you to have like a playing field. Mm-hmm. It's like your stage is almost like getting bigger in a mm-hmm. sense. So it's not like once once you're there, your your stage is, is done. Mm-hmm. It's just you keep growing. Yeah, essentially. Yeah. So I think that's kind of like what and like like Childish Gambito. Like I've um, whenever I've researched like all the stuff that he's done, like it's wild. You know, he just goes from yeah. like one step to another to another to another. Mm-hmm. He's just growing and growing and growing. You know. I wonder like, how he compartmentalizes his life. I would be. Yeah. I was. Yeah. I wish he would like do a Tim Ferriss podcast just to see like. How the fuck yeah. are you like figuring this out, and how don't you go crazy from the pool to these different like creative outlets? I, not that I'm ever one to herald this man, but somebody I listened to an interview and speak about it was Tom Brady, and like mm. obviously his life is more hectic than I could ever fucking dream of. You know yeah. what I mean? And it's like you you hear very successful people speak about this all the time. They just they literally schedule it down to like the minute. Like this dude, yeah. like yeah. at seven twelve, I think about this, mm-hmm. and at seven fourteen, mm-hmm. I'm done thinking about yeah. that. So it's like I have. 120 seconds to make a decision and I'm out. Like, yeah, exactly. and, and like I, and people just like hold themselves to those routines and like I'm I'm I guess especially fascinated by creative people who are like that because I guess that makes sense if you're in a discipline, for instance, like you're a military kid, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, in in the military, that makes sense. If I, if I right. need to be somewhere at seven fourteen and I need to be ready at seven twelve, I better damn well be ready at seven twelve because otherwise I might be dead at seven fourteen. Yep. Yeah. You know yep. what I mean? So like in some worlds that makes sense, but like. I, as the, the Childish Gambino example goes, like, how do you do that? It was like, a, okay, cool, and at, you know, 8.31 p.m., I'm going to be done writing jokes, and now I'm going to start writing this dramedy, mm-hmm. and then i got to write some intro stuff for the award show I'm hosting, mm-hmm. and then i got to go work on the album next weekend. Yeah. Like, what? Yeah. Like, my God, like, how do you go back to speaking normal after rapping for eight days? Like, and all of it has to be excellent. Like, yeah, he's at right. the where, like, it just can't be half-assed. Grammy, Emmy, uh, Yeah, exactly. Um, I was uh, no pressure, bro. I know this. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's fine. Okay, the, the reason one of the pro- uh, reason why I asked is because I know this girl who's like uh, she's like a newscaster, mm-hmm. and so she's on like just TV um, like during the week and shit. And then like she says, she's like, oh, I get like so many emails from people who like, oh, your makeup looks like shit. Like you should do this and that. It's like oh. Like as, niggas in the world. Dude, as yeah. a black woman, it makes me like you need to get it together. Like it cringe every time. And like she gets like a ton of these fucking like emails and messages. Yeah. And it's just like how the f- one, I, I don't know, I assume like I would deal with it like, oh, these people are insane and they can go <laughs> fuck themselves. <laughs> yeah. And that's why I assume I would handle that. But I, I don't I don't think you know how you will like Fully, you have like a. See, I'm, game I'm way plan. too sensitive for that shit. Like, it, mm. it is my biggest fear. It, it, I'm gonna say as we, because you gotta speak things into existence. Mm-hmm. As we gain in popularity, <laughs> become the world's number one podcast. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, no, honestly, like that shit freaks me out. Cause like, you can take a little bit of whatever I think. Where it's like, it's you know, a couple dozen people, a hundred people, a couple yeah. hundred people, even like. But when you're on a, a level of success, like a childish Gambino level of success, where it's hundreds of thousands of people a day just telling you, like, fuck you, you ain't a piece of shit, you, you know, like, cool yeah. ass nigga, like, uh, like, that shit would break, like, I'm responding to yeah. like one in a one in hundred. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm scrolling through and I'm, I'm finding my faves and, like, some of y'all getting flamed back and I'm gonna lose my career after yeah. that. Well, here's the thing, like, as I get older and, like, I'm able to, like, s- like feel like an adult and be around adults, you realize how fucking stupid people are. Like, the people yeah. with, as you were, like, at, when you were, like, 11 and 12, I'm like, oh, this is adult, and he's got to figure it out. I should probably listen to him. Like, as an adult and, like, 
a peer who I have, like, you know, I work with a lot of people who are, like, 50 and, like, in 40s and so forth like that. I'm like, this guy looks like a dog. This guy is a fucking six-year-old, and he's a moron, and he just <laughs> follows whatever order. He doesn't have, he hasn't had an original thought in his life, and I'm like, yeah, he looks like a dog. He looks like he's, but he has nothing figured out. He's just as confused as I was when I was 12. And I'm and I don't have anything figured out as a dog, but like I at least have a baseline of like, yeah, this shit is you, stupid. What you yeah. figured out is that adults aren't adults, and I feel like a lot of adults haven't accepted that yet. Yeah, exactly. Which is a pretty big. They think there's still a plan. They think there's there's still like or some. They think they've got the plan. Yeah, you know, it's yeah, ridiculous. That shit terrifies me. Right. We were we were talking uh, prior to coming on air, and it's like uh, about my New Year's Eve experience, and we we're talking. It's like this idea of like knowing something nobody else knows. Yeah. And it's like, I, I feel like it's this big secret that most of us probably should know, but seemingly a lot of us don't. It's like, nobody knows what's going on. Yeah. <laughs> not like nobody has yeah, fucking yeah, clue. Yeah, you know, yeah. I mean, not a single person. Like all the yeah. adults, you know, even the most successful, like one of my good friends, like one of my closest mentors, right, was CEO of a Fortune 500 company, has a degree from Harvard and Dartmouth. It, you know, was a decorated naval officer. This guy is the fucking man. Mm. If you looked up, like, life trajectory, mm. this is how it goes. Yeah. Like, yeah. grow up in middle-class suburb, like, outside of Boston, turn into, like, six-figure income or retire on beach. Yeah. Like, this dude's doing it. <laughs> yeah. And it's just like, he still ain't kind of figured out. Mm. Like, I go to him for most of my advice, yeah. and we've still had plenty of conversations where he came to me breaking down, like, my guy, I have yeah. no idea what yeah. I'm doing. Yeah. So it's like, when you see that, it's like, it, I'm sure it's like, for most people, like, seeing your parents cry. It's like seeing your dad cry for the first yeah. time, or your mom, like, like struggling with money for the first time, like, no. not knowing how to help you. Yeah. Yeah. It's like, wait, 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 no, 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 no. Yeah, like, oh, my oh. plan was to ask you. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, what are we doing? What's up? Yeah. Nah, yeah. no answers. Fuck me. Okay, I guess I'm jumping off a bridge, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. It, so it's I don't know. It's a really crazy thing. I think most people know. Like if you address it to somebody, like it was, yeah, no, nah, I know. Nobody's got to figure yeah. it out. But it's like none of us acknowledge it to no, one another. No. Yeah, and we no. should. We and should. when you yeah, when you do, should. it freaks people. It frees people. It, it was, which it goes back to like my question I had you about from a, a black dude from Ohio where it was like I was a black dude from Ohio. <laughs> How is it <laughs> as a black gross. dude from Oklahoma growing up, especially to grow up in the area? Well. In Oklahoma, and want to be artistic. Like, how's that? How that happened? Mm. How did that journey treat you? What's the well? <laughs> <laughs> well, one of the one of the reasons because I said um, like my parents are are artists mm-hmm. um, of different types, and and like with the music, like I said, that they were always playing it, always writing it, and things like that. They definitely had a huge impact. They gave on, you that freedom. Yes, yeah, yeah. No, they were they were like, I mean that, yeah, and the, because they're they're artists and they know. They, they encourage me and my brother to pursue the arts. Like they're very incredibly supportive of, of what we do. So that definitely helped being in in Oklahoma mm-hmm. because where we were, it's it's kind of a mid-sized town. It's a military town as well, so we have a lot of military people come come in and out. Mm-hmm. That's how we ended up in Lawton. Um, the art scene in that particular city, not that big. No, <laughs> not that big. Only imagine. So it's and it's yeah, it's just military it's not town, Oklahoma. Not yeah, the arts, yeah, man. no. And there's there's a university that's where I went to um, uh, college at Cameron University, mm-hmm. and uh, and they have some arts there. So we have we had that university that they had like a theater there, so the theater students could perform things there. And we had two community we have two community theaters over there. Mm-hmm. Um, 
besides that, there there are some some bars and places that people can play. There's the um, Apache Casino that some some artists come and play. But besides that, there's not a huge wealth of people mm-hmm. that are doing that. There are some because you know there are artists everywhere. Yeah. But it's not a majority. Yeah. So definitely just um, always having that. Mm-hmm. Um, I was able to always work on my art. At, at home and, and when people said you know there's not a lot to do in Oklahoma I don't know what to do um, I'd be working on, on my music or something like yeah. that a lot of the time so I wasn't there was never a time that when people are like oh I'm bored like I don't know what to do like yeah. there's always something to do you know yeah. 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 like there's always something to do so that definitely that definitely helped and the diversity isn't what saved what saved us is is that it, that it's a military town so we mm-hmm. have some of that diversity but there are some places in, in Oklahoma that that None of us can go yeah, to. Yeah, <laughs> like they say, no, don't yeah. don't go there. Like little little towns that no, don't, don't like there. Yeah. No, <laughs> like no. There's some places you don't want to go. Still the forties. So, there you go. There, yes. Down there. Let me yes. ask you this: though. Like, how do you phrase this? Whatever. This is a problematic fucking podcast. <laughs> what do you, what kind of music do you make as a black guy in a Lily white patch of America where you don't feel <laughs> safe, but in this weird pocket of like army brat diversity. Like, what does that sound like? Because I've never heard your music. Yeah, I have to say it's I'm I'm all over the place with my music. I make just straight piano compositions. I make orchestral stuff. I make electronic stuff. Um, I make popish sounding stuff. Mm-hmm. I've tried to peg my own genre, mm-hmm. and I can't <laughs> because Which is I literally do so many things that I'm yeah. interested in so many things I mean yeah. I, I've, I've sung on tracks I've rapped on tracks I've like I said just in instrumental stuff so I'm all over the place I don't know what kind of genre I am I'm just all over the board I'm not gonna yeah. lie that was like a checklist of all the things I think white people around Oklahoma probably listen to <laughs> like starting with classical moving its way to EDM <laughs> exactly. sprinkle exactly. in some like pop rap yeah. and we're gonna come yeah. right back to like some R&B but no, like some yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like they listen to a lot of country out in Oklahoma yeah, oh yeah there's, sure that there's, there's a lot of, there's a lot of country, country. Yeah. so um, so you almost had so I'm assuming like during that time period through high school college like you're creating your own style and everything. you almost have like a, like uh, your own style like as far as your dress and how you carry yourself now did you develop that in high school and was in high school were how were you in high school were you like the, were you the, the unique kid were you the artist or were you kind of just like you know I'm gonna do I'm gonna just not fit in I'm gonna fit in and do my thing but I'm still an artist and then break out in college or something like that how, how they work how do you find yourself uh, junior high like yeah, well, like junior high around that time, I was always the 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 not the nerd essentially, but the smart kid. People would always come to me and ask for answers, like, "Hey, can you help me with this?" Because I know you're super smart. Mm-hmm. Um, and in high school, it kind of carried over. I kind of lost the the like in eighth grade, I got voted most intellectual. I don't know how that happened. <laughs> <laughs> but like in ninth grade, I was still thought of as, as one of the smart kids, not a nerd, but not as much. Mm-hmm. Um, I did. I was doing a lot of piano in junior high and high school, mm-hmm. and um, I played soccer mm-hmm. since I was in third grade all the way up through um, senior year of high school. And I would have to miss a lot of soccer practices because of piano, mm-hmm. which I got ragged on so hard. And I didn't <laughs> like they're like, "Why are you going to piano?" And coach would, um, and I would miss so many practices that I wouldn't be put. 
Um, like when I was a junior and senior, I was on the varsity team, but mm-hmm. I didn't play. Yeah. <laughs> like, I missed too many practices. Yeah, that about, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I missed, I that. There was there was um, one time that uh, we had the the senior night actually, so I had to be put in on the field first. Yeah. <laughs> and because uh, I first played. minutes of your career. Yeah, exactly, yeah. exactly. Yeah. Finally, get put on the field first instead of just a sub in. And uh, I was playing defense and um, actually did a good job at blocking some shots and mm-hmm. everything. And coach goes. Wow, you're actually pretty good. I should put yeah. you in more. It's like, yeah, you now, now you're figuring this shit out. Nice. Yeah. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. <laughs> exactly, exactly. But um, but yeah, it's um, but and that's because I loved I love soccer. It's it's super fun. But I'm not, but I'm not doing soccer now. It's not yeah. like I was I was wanting to go pro with mm. soccer or anything like that. But I'm still doing music now. Yeah, you know, it's one of the things I, would, I find very interesting working in professional sports now is like mm-hmm. I now understand what it takes on some level to mm-hmm. make it there, like yeah. seeing the inner workings of it. And it's like I think sports, youth sports are great, right? Like teachers, teamwork and camaraderie yeah, yeah. and sharing, like you know, whatever, all these things. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like boy, what a useless fucking skill to learn. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like. If you spent like if you spent the same time like learning an instrument or like taking theater classes or public speaking class, all these other things are more useful. Uh, the running joke out of this kid, uh, one of my good friends, he like stopped playing soccer and football to focus on golf when he was in high school. Mm-hmm. And it's like, boy, do you, would you get killed for that in high school, right? It's like yeah. you got to quit playing like hoop or football and you got yep. golf. Right. Fuck out. But it's like right. golf's like a business tool. You know what I mean? Like you can go out and play golf and like close deals and like meetings, like all those things. Right. And it's like any of these other you know, fucking woodshop, anything you could have done right. instead of play a sport is yeah. wildly more valuable yeah. later on. Yeah. And so it's like, it's one of those decisions you make at a young age, and it's like, nah, you'll see. Yeah, all, exactly. All y'all gonna see. Yeah, that was the thing because it wasn't. It was fun, but it wasn't like this is what I want to do with my life. Yeah. Mm, no. So I was I was fine missing those practices. Oh, and I was also in band on top of it. Yeah. So I missed stuff for yeah. for uh, for piano and I missed stuff for band. Like, I, I'm reading this book, um, and I always had this theory about like the benefits of like knowing what you want to do earliest will like solidify. It will put you so much further ahead of everyone else who's like kind of like. Trying to figure it out, yeah. then figure it out probably like in college or after college. And I like, hate when he talks about this because I've yet to figure it out. Well, okay, okay, <laughs> dead right. But. Well, I'm reading this book uh, uh, called Mastery by uh, Robert Greene. It's the same dude that did like 48 Laws of Power and so forth. And he just like goes through like it's like quick chapters, but he goes through like all the like quote unquote geniuses of different industry from like Henry Ford, Benjamin Franklin, the Freddie Roach, and all these guys just like goes through and like very quickly shows us what they did, the time they spent, and how they elevated beyond someone else, and how they became a master of the thing. And it's like, a lot of it, and he's like, yeah, like, it's it's gonna be like, it's a decade, pretty much, of just like, working on a scale. And he's like, some people who think that like, certain people are naturally like, gifted like a Beethoven or someone like that. It's like, no, not really, because Beethoven (laughs) engulfed himself in this shit at like, nine years old. And then, yeah, and then, and then then 10 years later, started to create his, his masterpieces and so forth. And it's like, if you, if someone, if you can figure it out, the earlier you can figure it out, it's like, the best where where you can really hone that skill, especially when you're like your mind's a sponge, where you're just like you can toss right. anything at someone. Right. But you waiting a little bit, you just like trying to figure it out. It's very, it's very, it's 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 you still have that ten years, you still have that decade of like dedicating yourself to it. It's like no escaping that, you yeah. know. But um, but so I always wonder like fuck, like I should have just like 
focus on that bullshit and just like focus on the craft. You almost had that ability. That's a, the benefits of having like artists as parents mm-hmm. because they understand the struggle of just like, look, do you have your expression? You know, like obviously focus on school and everything else, but like focus. So like, I'm gonna give you the freedom to like find your yes. own your craft and so forth. That which I think everything needs to be that. Like these systems that we build around children to be like, oh well, like just go to school and then you'll figure it out. Then go to, like no, just like wherever that kid is like kind of like leaning yeah, towards. Yeah, what do you want to do? Exactly, yeah. just go, yeah. just do it, exactly. just do it. Yeah. See, that's the thing is like, can you trust kids to make that decision though? They have to do it. They have to do. They have to do it. They have to fail at a few things. They have to find their way. Because as soon as they find their way, and it's like, oh, this is it. <laughs> Well, where they found their way? I'm saying where they found their way is something they were like okay, at, confident at, could be happy at, but that's not what they were like meant to be doing. Yeah, I mean, like, you don't see, know that it. Nah. Yeah, and see, like, and just well, artists know. might. Some people do. Yeah, like, don't get me wrong. Like, I know kids who want to be cops at five and are now cops. Or like my best friend Erin, she's a one. She's in her second grade yearbook. She mm-hmm. wanted to own her own hair salon. She owns her own hair salon now. Yeah, like good for her. Like I'm pumped for her. I'm, I'm with yeah, you. I'm very yeah. jealous of those mm-hmm. people. Uh, but like, I don't. I look back at my third grade yearbook, and I'm not a lawyer, a chef, or an NBA player. So, <laughs> yeah. I don't yeah. know what the fuck went wrong. Because, <laughs> I mean, and things, and things could change, like, because like, cause I've, I've always been a super passionate artist ever since I was young. Mm-hmm. But, um, actually, like, in, in high school, I was thinking, I don't I don't know. Like, I, I, feel, I wasn't always as on the artist path as mm-hmm. I think I should have been. Mm-hmm. And I had those thoughts, like, man, if I spent all that time, mm-hmm. like... In junior high, the last two years, I was actually thinking about going to school for um, architectural engineering because I love I love designing. I love um, like the whole the whole process of like building and designing things. So I actually went to a tech center that was in Lawton and did pre engineering out there. Super fun. Did it for two years and. Um, Ended up not doing that because it's way too much math and I'm not that good at math. Yeah. <laughs> Just like the designing of things. Yeah. Um, and then I actually went to school for radio television communication. Mm-hmm. And I, I have thought about it and pondered about it and kicked myself of why didn't I go to, uh, why didn't I like do music mm-hmm. you know, in college. And yeah. I'm actually um, going to apply for uh, Berkeley. Uh, college of music. My brother actually goes there. Um, but yeah, I, I think, you know, if I hadn't done, because the reason that I picked that radio, television, communication is because my interests were all over the place. Because mm-hmm. in that, with that degree, what I wanted since it was TV communication, thought, okay, maybe you can do some producing, you can do some directing, get some mm-hmm. screen time. Yeah. So it's kind of like you're getting a whole oh, bunch of things yeah. Yeah, instead of just one thing. Yeah. Um, but based but off of that, everything mm, yeah, like, yeah, like, and, and, uh, like I, I met, I met great people, uh, great professors that were there. It was, it was a cool experience, you know. Yeah. But looking back, I probably would not have done that if, like, I don't know. I feel like sometimes I've made personal mistakes as far as like how much time I'm putting in something like that. Mm-hmm. Because the communication like that's great, but I'm not using that now. And what a lot of people use for communication, like you know, take everything with a grain of salt. You can yeah. use your experience and this and that. But um, a lot of concentration with that particular degree was news. And yeah. I don't want to do news. Yeah. Nothing wrong with news. Yeah. It's just I don't want to do it. And yeah. it's not as creative enough outlet for me. And it doesn't personally. really teach you to do that. Like, right. like yeah. producing for news and producing for like short film or music videos Vastly or award different. shows or like very different, different things. Yeah, and, and after after college I um, actually 
I got involved with a with a multi level marketing company. Um, multi level marketing. Pause. Hold. Oh, pause. <laughs> yes. Multi level marketing company. Do you yes. mean a pyramid scheme? Because that's what that sounds like to me. <laughs> <laughs> um, take it as you will. Take it as you will. What's the name of this company? Collectively. No. 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 I mean, no. The, the company. Uh, I mean, the company is Herbalife. It gets. Wake up now. <laughs> <laughs> you know, in in Herbalife. In, okay. Uh, yeah. In, wait, wait. Herbalife was big though. Were they? They were like the biggest pyramid scheme that ever come out. Wasn't that like the thing with them? They were. They were. They were one of the like, ones, Galaxy. They were like a big company. Yeah, they, they were a big company. Yeah. And the thing was, because. I, I got hardcore in it, um, way harder than I ever thought that I would. Or um, this was in Oklahoma. Too? Yeah. <laughs> how the fuck do you? How do you bury this for thirty minutes into the podcast? This makes oh. like, that's right. <laughs> All right. So you're balls deep in this pyramid scheme. <laughs> <laughs> See, I will. I will say. I will say that that it is. The reason I say. Marketing. The reason I say is because I was. You know, when I was in it, obviously people would would come at me and say, "Oh, that's a pyramid scheme." And technically. Personally, I don't think it is because with the pyramid scheme, it's like you're selling things that you don't have a product for. Because with Herbalife, I mean, you are selling health stuff, so it's not like it's it's. Actually, does Herbalife shit work? Right, exactly. And I, I mean, I love the shakes. You know, I haven't okay. had any in a long while, but I mean, they're good. So we had an actual thing that we were serving. So mm-hmm. that's the big thing with with the actual pyramid scheme, and I don't. Personally as as have, opposed to the wake up now, like sign up eight people, get a vacation. Yeah. See that? See okay. that's yeah. right. See stuff like that that they don't have like an actual thing. See with Herbalife, I don't classify it as a pyramid because we actually have products that we're selling. It's kind of like uh, like, like the it works wraps and all that shit. You right. see now, like, it's like, like yeah. it's got a pyramid scheme. Right, exactly. Because it's just—it's just the pyramid thing, which is, is kind of funny. Because I thought, like, when I was um, hardcore, you know, advocating for that, mm-hmm. um, saying like, you know, it's kind of like pyramid. Yeah. <laughs> See, like, like Girl Scout cookies. Like, you know, you have people that sell a product, and then you know, go sell. You know? <laughs> yeah. All right. Okay, but so that's like. So you're a Girl Scout. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. <laughs> but I, I super got into that, and I don't, you know. For people who do, whether it's Herbalife, Advocare, things like that, like that's great. If you want to do that, that's fantastic. You want to get people healthy. You want to, you know, push out shakes and stuff. Like you want to make a change in people's lives that way. That's fantastic. A lot of the inner workings of the multi-level marketing companies that I've seen is it's almost like that. That's the best thing in. If you're in, on the inside, it's like they preach that. Hey, this is like the best thing in the world. There's yeah. nothing else like this. This is the best thing, mm-hmm. and that might be fine for you. That's great. It might yeah. be the world's best thing, but that's not for everybody, yeah. you know. And it's a lot of if, if you're internal, you're you're kind of pushing the lifestyle. Like, yo, yo, you gotta be a part of this because this is the best thing that's ever gonna happen to you. It's gonna change your life. You're gonna change so many other people's lives. Like, this is the best thing for you. There's nothing else. Like. That's it. And that's not true, because that'd be the same thing. Like, yeah, like yeah. yo, like you need to be a vet, dog. Like, yeah. being a vet is like everybody has to be a vet. I'm like, yeah. no, not everybody has to be a vet. So for so like you a mean, year and a half, like when you go vegan, you have to go around and tell everybody how right. awesome being yeah. vegan is. Right. It's like, it's like, dude, that's fantastic for you. Yeah. But I'm like, like that sounds <laughs> great. Right. I'm always right. like slightly envied those people who can be like hardcore and like, yes, this is it. Because I'm always just like impartial. Like, oh, this is right. great. And I'm just like. Yeah, no, I don't know. I don't get it. it, it I, I, I always look at those, those, those people to me are the same people who are like motivated by people yelling at them. Yeah. And I've never understood those people. They're like, you know, sometimes I just need, you know, like, people who are like, oh, I had a great workout. Like, my trainer kicked my ass. He's yeah. like, so let me get this straight. Like, you go somewhere <laughs> and you hand somebody like 50 to $100. Yeah. And yeah, yeah. shout at you for yeah. an hour. 
Yeah, I'm like, no. Like, I'll be damned if I gave you money yeah, and you yeah, would yeah. bend it over me like, get up, you fat piece of shit. Yeah, I'm going like, to get up and I'm going to knock you the fuck yeah, out. Yeah, like, <laughs> email me the workouts and leave me the fuck alone. Yeah, I'm saying, like, like, I got a Pinterest board. What the fuck are you trying for? Exactly. You know what I mean? YouTube, yes. Like, like, yeah. I wake myself up. Uh, yeah, yeah so those people are fucking weird to me, man. Right, I mean, you know, but that's that's some people's, it's not everybody's way, though. So, like, I... I, I got in there, and uh, at first, the way that it was pitched to me was like, okay, you can do this part-time around your schedule. I was like, okay, you know, that sounds cool. Mm-hmm. You know, great. I can make some That's extra great money. great for a working actor, I feel like. Or exactly. Great you know, because, like you know, exactly. Yeah. Advocate, you know, working on your own time. You don't have to, you know, go to a certain place, brick and mortar building. You know, it sounds great. You just do it on the side. Get some people healthy. You know, it's fantastic. The thing is, so as you get in people. it... Yeah, huh? Lift for healthy people. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. So, so when, I, when I got in it, I wanted to do a part-time thing, but as you get in it... You just see more and more opportunity that's just so – it's like like a treasure chest almost that you're looking at. And like, Because, I mean, I know people that with this company, they're making $10,000, $30,000 a month, $50,000 like, a month. $90,000 a month. Like, you, I legit you personally know, know somebody I making 90 know. grand a month at yes. Herbalife. Yeah, yeah. Like, I've, I've seen, like, the actual check thing. So Bro, your hustle must be yeah. so real. Right, right. That's the thing. See, what a stuff like that, artist. Stuff, stuff yeah. like that, I mean, it can work, and there are a lot of people who actually like the product. Like I said, I mean, I know people who are making that kind of money. So you're, you're seeing this, you know. So I'm over here, not making a lot of money, yeah. and they have the way that their their um, like conventions work is people talk about the the health benefits of things like oh you know I lost you know x amount of pounds and I'm feeling awesome like that's great you know okay you motivated you know yeah you have a great. perfect voice for exactly <laughs> every time you say this is awesome I immediately pray. This I was like awesome. this sounds awesome <laughs> what it's, am it's, I enjoying this sounds great it's pretty great in my system do not sell me a contract <laughs> <laughs> it's pretty great in my system unfortunately. Um, but then they also have people that talk about the business side. So they say, you know, um, I was working this nine to five job. I hated it. I started doing this on the side. Eventually became a business, and it was great. And now I'm making seventy thousand dollars a year. You know, having the time of my life. So that's very appealing to yeah. people who are, you know, not making a lot of money. They're yeah. not exactly happy where they are. Like, so the grand year sounds appealing to me now. Right. Right. Exactly. Exactly. So you're like, you like, I'm like, I'm super motivated mm-hmm. to get to where they are. So you start doing this more and more, and then. Up becoming more like more or less a part of your life, mm-hmm. you know. And again, like if people want to do that, that's fantastic, but not yeah. everybody wants to do that. So, yeah. me personally, I never wanted to get into health and personal coaching, like, I never wanted to do that. Yeah. But I was hardcore in that so much yeah, that I way. was, yeah, like I was like for a year and a half, I completely lost myself mm. in trying to get to change people's lives through health and fitness. And that's not what I wanted to do. Yeah. So for a while, that's, you know, I was super motivated, like, yeah, and and they're super motivating and they're super positive people, you know, some of the most positive people ever, which is great because I'm, I personally, if you guys haven't been able to tell, like, I'm, su- I'm a super positive person. Yeah. Like, I'm very, nah, you know. You know <laughs> I know, right? Exactly. So it was it was cool being around, being around those people that are super positive and have a great outlook on life. They're like, What's um, you, you know. What's he doing on podcast, man? Darkest <laughs> <laughs> Exactly, exactly. So they, they, um, yeah, like it's, it's. They're very positive and they're very uplifting, and they're like, you know, like you're, 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 you can achieve so many great things. You can be, you can be whatever you want to be. You know, it's great. Me personally, it was like a, a about a year that I was hardcore in it, trying to make this work. Yeah. I was pitching everybody that I knew and met um, everywhere on yo like. You trying to look for an extra income around your schedule, or hey, you trying to be healthy? <laughs> like, oh my God, you like, 
Yo, that's Yo, so I haven't seen you since high school, and I realized you looking a little chubby. How would you like to cut off like twenty pounds and earn some residual income? Yo, see, I mean, that's that's what you have. Like those hustlers that are making ninety, a hundred thousand, yeah. hundred twenty thousand a month. Like that's what they do, yeah. and they don't have a problem with that. Yeah. Eventually, I was. I think personally, I was blind. Okay, so I was doing that. I was picturing everybody. I went through my, my friends list. You know, everybody, and and then eventually, I everybody became, needs this. Who doesn't want to live a healthier, happier? Exactly. Yeah. That's that's <laughs> the thing. You know, and that's great. But not everybody. That's like the same thing. If I told everybody they need to be a pianist, yeah. no, not everybody has to be a pianist. So it's like a year went by, and I went from being known as an artistic person to that that's health person. Yeah. So when people saw me that I hadn't seen in a long time, it wouldn't be, oh, how's the music going, or you know, like that. It'd be like oh how's the gym thing going oh and eventually God. be like uh, oh like eventually I was like what am I what am I doing yeah like that's that's what people like, are yeah. they see me and they're like health guy yeah. shape guy yeah. like fitness guy that's not me yeah so eventually after that year and a half I felt like I lost all of that time developing my artistic yeah. self there was a big period of time I think uh, when I was on the, the the latter end of it before I got out and I was just done with it that I was thinking you know it's been a couple of months, like six or seven months, and I haven't written a lyric. I haven't made any 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 music at all. And at that point, I compared a lot to uh, my brother Claude. And uh, Claude is one of those people that he knows. Uh, he goes to Berkeley right now. He's one of those people that has always known that he wants to do music, mm -hmm. like from the get go. That yeah. That's that's he didn't want to do anything else. Yeah, yeah. No. So like that year and a half, Claude developed his artistic abilities so much he created so much music and got better at creating said music mm -hmm. and then I looked at myself for the past year and a half and I, and I was thinking to myself now what have I done yeah. to show for that I mean, and personally <laughs> no I didn't even like in, in the business works for some people and it doesn't for some people and it didn't quite work for me yeah. <laughs> you know I was putting personally more in than I was getting out how, how, Not many, only financial, how many hours are you putting into this bro like like, all of them. All the hours. Dude, like all I'm of them. Sleeping literally. Hours, bro, she <laughs> it was, yes, and what like, would you what were you making? Were, was it like legit money or were you making like personally five, no. six hundred a month? Yeah. A month? Yeah. If, but yeah, you're seeing people yeah. like walk into the same meeting as you who make ninety grand. Right. How are you not stabbing people in the parking lot? <laughs> yeah. I would just you can get there though. Just keep just keep <laughs> at it, okay? Just keep yeah, at no, it. Like you got this, man. But no, like like I said, some some people that if, if you hustle enough and you pitch like everybody, and it just so happens that the people that you recruit um, that help you that you know in your downline in your business they might be as super passionate as you mm -hmm. and you might have a whole bunch of customers and that's you know that's legit money that you're yeah, making that's yeah. but yeah. that's especially if you're passionate about that like I have plenty of people that before they they joined Herbalife they were uh, gym owners that they were personal fitness trainers so obviously that's gonna fit perfectly into yeah, their yeah. lifestyle because they're trying they to just go to work and exactly yeah. right exactly and I mean and I liked and I liked the shakes they were tasty you know and if if that's your lifestyle then you're gonna pitch it's gonna be easy for you to do that yeah. but for me there's an artistic person I'm not how many people do you know who drink two two shakes instead <laughs> yeah. of a meal every day right like, exactly and then just going up to random, just going up to random people 
uh, random people and hit them up with a cop. Like, dude, I love your hair, man. Like, where'd you get your hair done? Yes, I was up the street selling. Oh, that's, a, that's cool. That's cool. Hey, so check it out. This is kind of random, though. You trying to, you know, make some extra income around your schedule, or you know, how's, how's your energy? Are you are you tired? Do you like your job? I, I am a little yeah. tired. I, I don't like my job. You a little tired? Well, <laughs> dude, let me, dude, check it out. I got this super cool thing. It's gonna help you a lot with energy. Uh, let me just get your number and um, I'll hook you up, man. I'll show you this really cool thing. You're gonna love it. You're gonna love it. What is it? Oh, it's a, it's this it's this cool company that you know it's just improving your your lifestyle. But I I, I gotta go though. I gotta go. <laughs> what? So, <laughs> so this is fascinating to me because like I'm I'm very I'm new in sales. I've been working in sales for like six months, mm-hmm. and like this is the thing. Like, I don't I don't understand the buy-in. Like I understand the job. Like I'm I'm, I'm a competent salesperson. I'm able to do the. But like you said, like the really successful people have like this buy-in. Like this. If, if I am a slave to the system and like if I if I deliver every one of those lines perfectly, it will pay off if I just do it enough and I work enough hours and I do the thing. In 28 years, I'll own the house up the block. You know what I mean? Like yeah, yeah. Why in the fuck? <laughs> and you know that's that's some people. You know that's that's fantastic. That's what they love to it, do. It, it gets Me back to your earlier conversation. Yeah. It's like what is success, right? If, yeah. If success yeah. to you is only the house up the block and you know five figures in the bank account, then that's success. Right. But like that doesn't look like success to me. And so right. exactly. I guess I'm curious. What what do, what does success look like to you? Like what do you? Like, what do you want? What does five years, ten years, twenty years down the line look for you? Like, what is what is future success? Success for me personally is being able to work on my craft and be in a comfortable place financially. Like a lot of artists, you know, for example, a lot of artists are, you know, the starving artists that yeah. they're that they're uh, whether it's the musician or the actor that they have to. Uh, outsource different different means of, of a job, whether it's you know the nine to five thing, whether it's doing a Lyft, Uber, things like that. Waiting tables, um, yeah, exactly. Waiting. Um, success for me is just if you're able to be satisfied doing what you love to do, and that's all you have to do. Yeah. Like if you if you mm. if you have if you have you know the 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 residual checks coming in from your music that's selling, whether it's you wrote a musical and you get in the royalties coming in and. Um, and whether it's you're you're in a movie and getting those those checks coming in, We're that you're able to work on your craft. Exactly, mm-hmm. because if if you do that, then you don't have to spend time that's taking away mm-hmm. from you developing, from you growing your craft, from you doing your craft. You can just keep growing and keep growing and keep growing. Yeah. That's success for me. Not necessarily having you know, as soon as I have 1.3 million dollars in my bank account and I'm uh, you know at least number 20 on uh, Forbes under 30. That's my form of success. No, as long as I'm able to that I wouldn't have to get another job, but I can still work on my music. I can wake up, I can work on my music, and so you know, do things like that. Here's my question to you: What is what is your feeling on using another method to achieve those means so that you could focus on your creativity? So, for example, right, like if you have to wait tables or things like that. Oh no! But like, what would you would you would you put your creative career on hold if somebody offered you a job that paid, say, two hundred fifty grand a year, knowing that five years from now, like stacking away a good chunk of that money, and making a couple of good investments, like you'll have money to live on and not have to work mm-hmm. for. 50 that's how they suck you in, though. No, yeah. I know, I agree. But that, <laughs> no, but that's my question. Like, $50,000, some, like, some of those are 
like sometimes that's a legit opportunity. Like not even that much, but like when you think about it, like if you if you had a job that paid ninety to dollars a year, right? You made hundred ten grand a year. Like you live a life right now that you could probably afford on forty grand a year. So it's like you just keep living that life and bank fifty grand for five years. Two hundred fifty grand will get you through a lot of tough times. But you yeah, try to write oh, back. Oh. You know what I mean? Have like, you ever read Tim Ferriss's book like the four? Uh, was it like the four hour work week or something like yeah, that? Yeah, I started to read. I read most of that in a bookshop actually. Like I picked it up and couldn't put it down. Mm-hmm. So before you answer that question, the, the one thing that he says that I think is like a genius uh, outlook on that. It's just like if you if you making let's say a hundred or two hundred grand a year, but you're working like 70, 75 hours a week, you're not making as much money as someone who is making, you know, fifty thousand dollars a year and working thirty hours, thirty five hours a week. Plus the equity, like the life equity that you have to add to that equation, the fact that it's like this guy just spend. Yeah, exactly. Because so many people are focused on success. Success is related to my job title or my income. It's like success is related to the diversity of your life, man. Yeah. Like I don't want to wake up at fifty and be like, yo, I was really successful at one thing that is no longer like most people if you live in an industry for 40 years yeah 40 years from now the industry will be dead or very different from where you entered it yeah so it's like your quote-unquote life's work sorry to break it to you and be a nihilist it's fucking meaningless you know what i mean so it's like you need to fill your time and the rest of your life with things that are going to be meaningful and enriching and it's like how do you do that if you're working 75 80 hours a week yeah like i i I legit have i'm one of my bosses listen to my podcast and show me but that's what i mean it's like in in people tell that as a success story Mm -hmm. you hear like well you know it was tough and i worked you know every night and every weekend for four and a half years Mm -hmm. and me and my wife almost split up and it was a really dark time in our relationship but you know we worked through it and you know a couple years of therapy and the kids and everything helped and like I love my life now and I always think about it and this sounds terrible but like is that fucking worth it? Like I, I can't what, tell you. Yeah, go like, on I'll yeah, I'll get on that after. But yeah, yeah no, go ahead. It's just no, like, I don't. Gonna, I don't understand how the, like that pans out for you. Right. That's that's the thing. I've heard, and I personally know so many of of those stories that people that they like dedicated so much time, and their thought process behind that was, you know, you have to be willing to do stuff that other people don't want to do now, so you can live later how other people won't be able to. Mm-hmm. So they're like, okay, I'm gonna, I'll be fine, you know, um, dedicating all my time for the next seven years the so I can reach a certain level. Right, yeah. And reach that, that certain level mm-hmm. of success, like, in the company that they have. Um, like, I'm gonna dedicate myself to get to that point. And once I'm there, you know, then, I, then I'll be able to chill and I'll be able to do all the other things I want to do. Mm-hmm. And that was... For a while, like I personally feel that I, I, I was just blinded. Like I don't know, I don't know what happened personally, um, but you know, I, I'm on the right track now. I'm on the right track. Now. Here, here's, the, here's the thing, especially when it's artistic. Everything we live in a culture where if you do something artistic, in our in our society in our culture, it forces you to take the dive. Like you have to take the risk. You have to take the and whether it's the risk where you completely dive in the head first and you say like I'm I'm just gonna be broke for a few years and I'm gonna just completely dedicate it to this or it's like okay well I'm gonna take the dive in as I'm gonna work and then after work is from like five to midnight 
I'm working on this. Like we live in a culture that there's no roadmaps to that. There's no roadmap if you're gonna be creative. There's nothing that like there's no system. There's no nothing. There's just you have to pick. I, I thought about this on the way home. I was driving home from Boston, and like uh, it was like. Five o'clock in the morning, and I was like, I got because what I. What were you doing? Well, it was during the week. <laughs> no, it was during the week, so like I had to like yeah, I have to leave up by like five thirty during the week to make it to Providence in time to All get right. to work. And I was thinking, and then like so, I was driving on the highway, and I was like, I'm not gonna take ninety three, because it's gonna be a, a crazy shit. It's gonna be crazy as fuck. So I was like, I'm gonna get, hop on the highway and I'm gonna take Storo Drive and I'm gonna take the back, or I'm not gonna take like, uh, like the Jamaica Highway. Yeah, I'm gonna take, I'm gonna go through Brighton and I'm gonna hop on uh, the highway like through Brighton. Mm. And I was like, and I just like, so I veered off to the right and I just seen all these fucking cars jam packed there. Mm. And it was just a madhouse. Everybody who had woke up, who thought they were gonna get up early and beat the traffic, <laughs> everyone was jammed. And I took, and I didn't exactly know the route that I was gonna go, but I just knew I wasn't gonna do that. I didn't want to do that. Yeah, <laughs> but isn't that the life we're living? It's like I don't know, like this. I'm going to the place. Like, I don't kind of know exactly how I'm gonna get. Uh, I just know I, I can get to the highway if I like, cause I lived in Brighton. I know I can get to the highway there, and I'm not sure if how much time I'm gonna lose going this way. I'm just but not getting caught up in that, that. shit. I'm not sitting in that shit with everybody else. And, like, that's that's the decision that we make. It's like, am I going to, like, f- and these people are, like, they've taken, they've chose that route. They know. They've gotten up every morning of every day of their life, and they took that same route. Yep. Why not? Just go the other way. Because I can't be late. If I'm more than seven minutes late when I punch in, then yeah. I'm going to be tardy in a five, six minutes. Yeah, I'm going to do my job. They right. know that you don't know what the corporate policy is. Right. HR tell me if I'm late one more time, I'm going to lose my benefits. But I, it, need, I need the health care for my kids. Yep. You see how that yeah. shit goes? It's like, it's it's fucked like, up. Yeah. It, but yeah. it was like, it was, it was the easy dude. I took Storo Drive. I got off in Cambridge. I d- drove a little bit further. I got, I, I, I got on the highway and like a Brookline and I took, and I was on the highway. I hit no traffic. No one. Because everyone else didn't want to take that. Nope. And I don't know where they were going. But <laughs> I'm not gonna like that's the choice when you yeah, choose to do yeah. that's that's the choice that people were afraid of. Taking that way. Taking that way where no one no other cars are taking it and just like not getting jammed up. Yeah. Oh, and I feel like we've we're we're the worst generation of this, I think for sure. Mm-hmm. Because, no, because like I, I think, feel like our parents' generation. Nah, cause see I think it's just like it it's been more and more limited. It's like our parents' generation it was it happened suddenly, and mm-hmm. so like it it seemed greater. But if yeah. you, I think if you look at it in its totality, like we just started to accept all sorts of invasions of privacy, all sorts of like monitoring and shit that we never used to yeah. accept now. So like you live in this constant state of fear of being out of line that you mm-hmm. never had in the yeah. f- fucking like 30s. You know what I mean? I mean, as black people, we did because we were yeah. quote unquote out of line. <laughs> you were getting marked. Yeah. But like if you were like a white male in like the 40s, mm-hmm. like what the fuck do you have to be yeah. worried? Like you could just stroll around. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's all good. Like so long as you you have the bigger gun than your neighbor's gun, like, good money. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I'm not worried about shit. And so, in our generation, it's like, everything you do, not, not even being monitored, like, you have to update people. If yeah. I don't post on social media for four months, somebody is calling everyone I know and, like, making sure I'm alive. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And so we live in that climate where you, like, you have to own up to, to that level of recognition, so mm-hmm. you're scared to be, like, 
an individual. Because if your individual take, whatever one individual opinion it is, mm-hmm. is enough out of line with the status quo, mm-hmm. you're not allowed to exist in public space yeah. anymore. Mm-hmm. Right, that's me, the place we've Let been. me ask you guys both. You first, my sales first, and then you next, Mitch. Mm-hmm. All right. Uh, if you can do it all over, and let's say you're 16, 17, with all the information you know, do you go to college? Do you follow the same path? Mm-hmm. And if not, then what do you do? Uh, knowing everything I know now, the college that I would I would want to go to college, the college that I would have wanted to go to first was Berkeley. Mm. Um, specifically Berkeley, or just performing arts school in general. Specifically Berkeley. Okay. And the reason the reason being is is is, and looking into it and having my brother who's gone there for almost a year and a half now, mm-hmm. um, it's it's not a traditional college setting it's not like you're just going in and you're taking classes uh that you're never going to use it's almost like a trade school right Mm -hmm. right it's it's almost like like a trade school and not only what you learn there is is very applicable to working in the music industry there they teach you um like and even the people who teach there are people who are actually working in the industry Mm -hmm. like one of claude's uh, one of claude's uh, teachers uh he actually came up with the um you know that whenever you turn the Xbox down, yeah. turn the Xbox on, and you hear that, you know yeah. that thing. Like his his uh, teacher produced that. He can you know, check. Like, yeah, no, like I check. always I'm fascinated <laughs> right. when you meet people who do those little right. stuff. those things that you never. Yeah, and yeah, and and then on top of it, the people that go to Berkeley. Uh, that's that's another I guess a whole side tangent. But I have a, I have a friend who went to Berkeley. Actually, uh, she composed on Wilfred, and like she was just like oh, random, you're just like yeah. like who's who's thinking about the score of Wilfred, right? Like yeah. nobody, right. like no offense exactly. to my dear friend Molly, but yeah. like nobody's thinking about that. But like how cool is that thing? Like that was y- your job is like to provide the exactly. ambiance, to provide the mood yeah. for like exactly. the quirkier show everyone had. <laughs> right, and then that's that's another thing about Berkeley specifically is the people who go to Berkeley are so driven mm-hmm. in the way that music is what they want to do with their life. Yeah. And, and um, like, other, other colleges from what I've seen and what I've personally experienced, people aren't as driven, per se, as, um, you know, I want to do this with my life or as contrary to, you know, I kind of figure it out. Like, mm-hmm. Berkeley people are like, yo, like, music is what I'm doing. Yeah. I don't care if I have to yeah. starve, if I'm living in a box. Like, music is what I'm doing because it doesn't matter. Like, Plud himself, he says, it doesn't matter if I have any material thing. Mm-hmm. If I'm not doing music, it doesn't matter. Yeah. You know? Life so it's meaningless. Right, yeah. right. Yeah. So compared to other colleges that is, it, what, you know, I'm not, I don't want to blanket everybody, but it seems like in what I've experienced is just like, you know, like... Uh, you know, I kind of want to do music, but I, I, I don't know. I think the defining difference to me there is like with performers in general, like you go into that, and I think this is true of anyone who has this feeling about their like, you know, major, I guess. Uh, when you go into it, if you know what you want to do, you'll surround yourself with people like that, and instead of figuring out what I want to be doing, I'm figuring out how can I do this. Right. And so, like, if, if you want to do music, right, like, when you're 15, you think doing music means I'm going to be a rock star. Right. When right. you're 19, you think, I want to do music for real. How do I keep making money so I can keep just doing music? Yeah. So you find out, how does how do I get a job writing, you know, music for TV shows or commercial jingles or producing fucking sounds for a video game? game console. You know what I mean? Like exactly. these are jobs you don't know exist unless exactly. like you've committed exactly. to this thing and then expanded the network. Right. And I think to answer your question, if I if I could go back, like 
I, I definitely go to college because I know how mischievous I am, and especially at those days, like how out of But we're, we're, we're focused. If you were you now, like your mentality no, I'm, now, I'm still pretty mischievous. All right, all right cool. Uh, <laughs> but I think, like, to I'd, I'd agree not to steal your answer much, but I think the I may have taken like a gap year. I think the thing I would have definitely done differently, I guess, is like I would have focused where I went to school and what I was doing at school mm-hmm. on one thing. I think I was very much in the I. My entrance to college years, like, I just got out of juvie. Like, I got out of juvie three months before my 18th birthday, which was April, so I graduated that May from high school. Mm -hmm. So I got out of juvie with a month and a half before graduating high school. Mm -hmm. Took one class community college so I could graduate on time, that was that. Mm -hmm. And so it was, like, a very tumultuous time and everything, and I think... Everyone was just like heaping praise on like, okay, you like you've made this far, like you graduated high school. That's like crazy for the circumstance, right? Like, yeah. you know, like, you spent fourteen to seventeen like away. Yeah. If you're a high school graduate with like no other felonies, like, yeah, job yeah, yeah, well done, yeah, right? Like, yeah. way to go, society. Yeah. So it was like cool, like just go to college. So it's like I went to community yeah. college for two years, bang that out. But I was like, yeah, yeah go associate's degree. I was like, fuck yeah, go me, huh? Yeah. I went to like <laughs> shitty state school and got my bachelor's degree. People were like, yeah, go bachelor's degree. Yeah, but I think in retrospect like I and I've said this I, I regard this even in my current state so I'm, I'm doing a lot now trying to focus on it it's like you need mentors to like guide you to like what you want to be doing to your point about like teachers or counselors or people of that nature and to your point it's like if someone along the way had really impacted, and you had a great situation to do so, right? Like, you have two parents who are artists, you, you have this very nurturing environment, but it's like a little fucking, you know, blip of a town inside of this pocket that's different, right? Like, you have the perfect setting to do that, and it's still hard to do there for anyone to encourage you to really explore that to the depth where it came time to be an adult, quote-unquote. Mm-hmm. It was still, mm, go to real college, like, just in case, right? Like, don't pursue your passions. And so, like, I mean, this, like, this is what I'm passionate about. This is what I would, like... I talk shit and have conversations, you know what I mean? But when you say that somebody at 18 is like, I want to talk for a living, like people look at you like, yeah, okay, like, go yeah, get a yeah. degree, kid. Like, you gotta yeah. go get a shitty sales job somewhere, and that'd be that. And like, I kind of followed that path. Like, I got the degree and all that fun stuff. And like, I've had, I haven't had a bad job, quote unquote, since I left college, you know what I mean? Like, right now is the least money I've made, I think, since I've graduated college. I still make. You know, more money than a lot of people my age. You know, I'm still paying all my bills and shit. More than most of the world. Yeah, that's what I mean, exactly. So it's like hard to be upset about it, but at the same time, I think if I'd gone back and refocused my energy on like media, on broadcast, on journalism, like I wanted to, I think I, I'd be a lot more masterful at the craft I care about now. Yeah. Like I care about the craft of conversation. I think conversation is an art. I think is an important art. I think dialogue and debate, especially, mm-hmm. is like yes. very important, especially in these times and ages. And I pride myself on being someone who does that really well and likes to engage in all different types of conversation. Yeah. I wish I spent time studying that. Intently, not passively. Yeah. Uh, I spent a lot of my life studying that passively. I wish I spent more time doing that intentionally. Mm. See, and like, and you saying like having a mentor, being in that that right state of mind to be able to be pushed and encouraged. Mm. My parents tried, man. Yeah. <laughs> my parents yeah. tried. Even even Claude, uh, whatever I was hardcore. Like that's. I was even almost gonna join the Air Force at one point, but that's a whole other thing. Um, <laughs> but like when when I was when I was you know being the health and fitness guru, um, and my whole family was like. Dude, like this is not what you want to do. Like, yeah. you sure you want to do this? And I was like, you know, yeah, I think. And um, good thing uh, with like, Scientology, dog. <laughs> <laughs> and that was I'm the thing. It's 
still had your ass. Crazy, man. Like, and how you were saying, um, would you be willing to, how do you view being, like, working a certain amount of time and yeah. then focusing that time? That's kind of where my mind was at, mm. is, you know, uh, maybe I can be successful with this. Mm. And a big thing with that is if you get if you get high enough in the ranks to gather enough thing that you can start getting those royalty checks without you really having to work, mm. you can just sit and then you get a mailbox check, you know. Yeah. So that was you're doing that, it's perfect for an artist. Right, exactly, yeah. exactly. So that's that's kind of where I was, where I wanted to get to. So that's why I was super determined to try to make that work. Um but at and and my family said, you know, like I don't know why you're doing this, Dad. I don't know. Like, I don't know why why you're traveling an hour and fifteen minutes every week to go to this meeting, yeah. and you know, like so they 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 tried. But I was like, you know, but see, they let me. But the cool thing about my parents and is they let, you go they let me journey. do that. Yeah, because yeah. they and, and after and, and I remember like when I eventually said that, okay, you know, guys, I want to be done. That's like, like I know, like I know. Like my parents and my brother, like yeah, we know because that's not what. But my parents are like, we wanted you to see so you could learn, and I'm yeah. glad that that happened because yeah. now I'm more passionate about making sure that I don't lose myself again. Mm -hmm. I don't think it's a problem if you work for something and you know you have a goal, you want to work for you know four or five years and if you happen to get a job that pays 120k like that's fantastic that's great you also have to be willing to understand though that that time that you're going to be doing that that you're not going to be developing yourself along that time as well or at least not in the um, way you want right the way that you that you that's want it, to that's the thing know? i think a lot of people lose sight of is you right. will develop yourself during that time and it won't be the way you want right because they're there will yeah. change and it won't like you right. won't you your resolve is not as strong as you think it is right and there's there, a different person there's like even even um my dentist uh back home in oklahoma um you know he's he's a dentist so he makes really good money yeah. you know but uh telling him about my music and everything in, in our family's music he said you know there was a time that that uh, I was in a band with some friends mm -hmm. and uh, you know we played a lot of different places I ended up um, doing going into dentistry my friend still did music he's a drummer and now he's drumming for a whole bunch of big bands uh, Brad Paisley this wow. person this person oh we gotta like, talk about that afterwards. oh nice but like he said you know I, I, I miss it. I genuinely miss it. So I'm glad that you're doing what I'm doing. So there are some people who are doing that. They're sitting pretty. They have everything. They can take great vacations, but they're not happy. Yeah. Contrary to some people that I know that are those starving artists, that they're not they're not living pretty, yeah. but they are doing what they're they want to do. Right. It's, it's what you want to sacrifice. Yeah. So yeah. now I'm in the place personally that, um, and I have, um, I'm lucky that I have a job at um, at the escape room, actually, where Shelby Lynn works now, that it's a, it's a fun and creative. Yeah job for me to do. Hey! <laughs> it's fun for me uh, to do that way so I don't have to lose myself and they're super flexible and they're super awesome. Um, and everybody I work with is cool. But I'm glad that I found something that I can um, subsequent um, like the downtime mm -hmm. of not having any artistic ability so I can still develop. So even even though I'm working like I work that day or whatever, I can still come home and I'm doing video editing, I'm working on my music, I'm writing. You feel or whatever. like you have enough yeah, like I'm, yeah. Yes, to yes. Like that I'm not losing yeah. myself yeah. like I was because I was literally, when I was hardcore in that, I was I was at the fitness place running uh, fitness classes all day. I would come home and then eat and then go back to the gym fitness thing and then work on working with with clients or lack of clients mm -hmm. trying to get them healthy and change you know yeah. change their lives that way and mm -hmm. a big thing for me is it, you know that's that's great if you want to change people's lives like that but that's not the only way that there is to change people's lives art can change people's lives and the fact that uh, whether it lets them get away or it inspires them to be somebody or to do something you know so it's 
there are different ways to make an impact on people's lives. So now I know that, so I'm not going to lose myself again. Even if I'm working and doing something else, I refuse to let myself be lost again completely. Yeah. Where, where I look back and say, what have I done like the last yeah, year? Yeah, it set up the boundaries in your life so you yes. can be like, all right, well, I'm yes. not going this far. So I'm glad that I, I went through that because now now I know. Yeah, no, <laughs> now no. I know. So. Um, and I know where we're getting... Close to the hour mark. I have to. I have to ask you because I had a friend who was that I, I grew up when I went to high school with, and then um, he, I went to college, and he went to college like forty five minutes, like thirty minutes away from my college, and like we talked all the time, um, and then he dropped out. Of, he was like, "Man, I'm, I'm done. I'm dropping out." He dropped out of college, moved to New York, and then like maybe a couple two years later and we're still talking about he's in New York he's telling me I struggle and shit like that two three years later he's nominated for a Grammy mm. it changed my perspective on or what success who the fuck uh, you nominated for a Grammy <laughs> <laughs> give him a shout out like come on uh, well like I went, I'm from Cleveland so it's Cuddy obviously I knew Cuddy my fault Moki, I'll pick the name up. My fault. That's on me. <laughs> but it changed my perspective. It changed my perspective on success, but it also changed my perspective on risk and reward and on, on complete commitment. And you kind of like mentioned that your friend, you had a friend that like kind of just totally, and that he's, he's totally committed to. So, or, or, or I, I forget how you framed it to where like, but he's on the road playing with Brad Paisley and these other mm-hmm. artists. How did seeing him, quote unquote, get success, change your perspective on what you wanted to do and how much you committed, or just your trajectory in general? Did it affect it? Did Are it hard- seeing, seeing success up close? Yeah, yeah, because it completely changed. It completely changed my whole frame of reality. Like what was possible? What was possible, what I thought was success, who I thought successful people were, uh, everything, everything. every It changed my whole fucking mind frame. I got, I downloaded a new hard drive on fucking what <laughs> I thought reality was and famous people was. And I just wondered from you having a similar situation, how did it change you or affect you? Um, at that point, whenever I heard um, my dentist uh, say that about his friend and, and how he misses that and regrets it, mm-hmm. that just further confirmed that I'm doing Jesus. the right yeah, thing. Yeah, this was where you needed to be. Because and you didn't yes. want that feeling. Right. Yeah, no, I, I don't want that. I've already experienced that with, yeah. uh, with going through and losing that year and a half. Mm-hmm. I've gone through how that. How old are you now? Uh, 26. Oh, okay. 26. So I, like, I, yeah, I, I experienced that. So I know what it's like. Uh, granted, it's only a year and a half and not, like, you know, 5, 10, 20 years. But all the same, I still feel like I lost myself, and that was one of the worst feelings that I felt. Mm-hmm. Like, not only that I've lost myself, mm-hmm. that I was no longer, I was no, I, I, I was losing the things that made me me. Yeah. You know? And, like, so, like, a, like I... <laughs> I, would, I hear that a lot, and you're right, not to go crazy over or whatever, but, like, one of the things I was harp on with people is, like, I'm a real big believer is, like, dark and pessimistic as it sounds. Like, I think you have to lose yourself to be able to find yourself. Because, like, I think no, a lot I of people do. have... Oh, a, yeah. See, I, I, 
if you if you have a real like connection to like childhood you and you like you know who you are your core I think maybe you can do that without that but I think for most of us like you need to lose yourself in something and like this sounds terrible but for most of us like you have to really give yourself entirely over to something and fail at it yeah for you to be at that place where it's like I don't have anything left beside myself yeah. in adult form with no other people like helping me along like, I have to figure out who I am and who I want to be mm-hmm. uh, and to your point about success, like I think that's really eye-opening uh, as somebody chasing success from that setting. But I think before that, you're like, well, a lot of people have told me if I keep doing X, I'll achieve whatever I think success will be. Yeah. And when you hit that break point where you're like, fuck, I've given all the Xs I have, right? And I've achieved fucking nothing. And I've got nothing left but like me in this shitty apartment and $200 in the bank, I have no idea what's next. All of a sudden, you're like, cool. So like, my life's fucked. What do yeah. I want to do? Yeah. <laughs> like, I'm either dying tomorrow or I'm going to be homeless or some shit. So, yeah, like, fuck yeah. it. Like, what do I want to do? And that's yeah. when you really figure out, like, what do I care about? Like, what do yeah. I want to spend, like, possibly my last hours doing? What do I want to reinvent my life doing? Who do I want new me to be? Uh, and I think that's how you kind of come to a lot of those decisions. And, like, uh, I just... It must... This sounds terrible, but it must suck to give yourself to something like that and find success. Like, mediocre success sounds like the worst life ever. You know what I mean? You're just a, a, a director at fucking Cutco, Herbalife.com, whatever. Yeah. And it's just like, yeah, you make 90 grand a year. Like, you know, I, think people, nice I think people, like, will find, like, the human mind is, like, it protects you. So I, I feel like you will develop, like, rationalities for, like, yeah, yeah this yeah. is a good life. I get my family and shit. Meanwhile, your so wife I guess, I, I guess I, I was wondering, like, is that healthy? Is that healthier? Because, uh, like, those people would I argue think, that's a healthy life. I think, I I think we live in a, least healthy. I think we live in a society that 60 to 70, and it underestimating 60 to 70 percent of the population is living in that in America, living in like they aim low and hit low, or they aim high and hit low, and they just committed to that because they they could only take they could only take one blow. It's hard. How do you fucking? It's hard to it's hard to fail. It's hard to fail. It's hard to especially take continue taking those blows. It's not easy. It's not easy, man. I don't and I don't blame them. I for a person who I've felt. A number of times. I've been on stage and bombed a number of times. So it's so much, it's so hard that, like, I've been like, I've realized if someone, if I see someone bomb and I don't see them come up again, I'm just like, I don't judge them. I'm just like, yeah. I, I had a really great line from a comedian the other day, and I thought it was priceless. It's like, you, you, bombing never gets better because the room just keeps getting bigger. Because mm-hmm. if you keep going back, hopefully, right, like the rooms you play and the crowds you're in are much, much bigger. Yeah. It's like bombing in front of 10 people sucks. Yeah. Until you bomb in front of 20. Bombing in front of 10 don't seem so bad. Yeah. So like bombing yeah. in front of 100 people after you bomb in front of 10 grand, no yeah. problem. Yeah. But yeah. going up in front of a 10 grand crowd after you've only been up in front of a thousand people, mm-hmm. life shattering. But the thing is, the only way you get better. It's bombing. Yeah. It's it's the craziest thing. It's like in it's the only way the only way you can find the motivation to get better is to be like, go up there, suck so bad that you can't sleep the next day and you're like, fuck. Either I give up or I'm just that is not fucking happening again. I don't know what I have to do. I'll take a fucking week off from like a month off from doing shows and just rewrite, <laughs> write, write, and figure something out. But that's not happening. 
And it's either that or quit. So it's that decision. You're gonna quit. You're gonna quit, man. So, but that's the only way you get better. You gotta fucking take those L's, man. Those L's, those L's are blessings, man. In anything you do, and like a lot of people are afraid to take L's because that's not human nature to go walk into pain. Right. But it's the only route, you know. You just gotta, you gotta fucking, you gotta go to bed with those L's. Man, it fucking sucks. Yeah. <laughs> take live with those L's, man. I have a, I pasted on my fucking bathroom um, mirror. No, I say embrace the losses, man. Because I want to wake up every morning, and even if it's subconsciously, I just want to be like, yo, like, yeah, I'm going to do some shit that I take L's for, and I'm just going to have to take them, man. I'm, I'm not going to run away from them. I'm going to fucking, I'm going to fuck up. You all right, dog? You sound yeah. like a dark place. You might No, like man, that's, that's, that's life, man. That's some real shit, man. I'm that, I'm, I'm no, cool. I, no, I, I couldn't. I embrace my L's. I embrace, I embrace where I suck. But, like, I'm not going to suck forever at it. This podcast yeah. takes all the L's. Fuck all y'all winning, niggas. We out here losing with glory. <laughs> no one wins. No one wins for it. No if wins. you win from the get-go until, like, you know, a quarter away through your journey, you've almost been che- cheated by life because you think that, like, you're, you're the chosen one and you can win all. And eventually that L's going to hit you. You're not going to be able to. You don't have the muscles to deal with that. you got to take those L's, man. All right, do you want some, some real, like, quotable, like, startup guru wisdom to close out on? Mm-hmm. All right, what you got? <clears throat> I heard this once. This is beautiful life advice. Celebrate small wins and big losses. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um, sage advice. I, I live by that. It is a great way to live. Like, celebrate every huge loss you had because, man, you tried something meaningful and, like, got a little bit smarter about it. And celebrate every single tiny insignificant win because you're getting a little better every day. Hell yeah. Yes. Yep. Uh, to close out every podcast, or at least the last couple, we're trying to make things around here. We're evolving. <laughs> we're professional around here. Uh, we do something called the last five top five. We do a top five ranking of some random set of things. But for podcasts where we have guests, we want to do. So we we build ourselves as the podcast as the intersection of relationships, race, culture, and politics. So we're gonna do four questions, one on each. Keep your responses under a minute. Can you do that? All right. That's, All right. Awesome. Uh, question one. Well, I, what do you want to start with? That, that's my question. Politi- oh, politics, it, culture. Ra- no, I'm going to pick. Go over No, I, I was going to say the same thing. All right. Just, just Let's go. start with politics then. Okay. Who is the first person or law that you ever voted on and why? Voted on? Like the first election you voted in. First bill you voted for. Uh, it, was for, it was for Barack. I don't remember. Dang, I don't remember. <laughs> Honey, you don't remember your first time voting? You were just like, nah, fuck it, Barack, check, Barack, I'm out. Whatever. Yeah, no, I mean, the, it was the local things that, that just dealt with our, like, our agriculture, whether they wanted to do certain things or whether they should. Uh, oh, I do remember one thing. If if a, sorry, I know it's under a minute now. <laughs> um, if, uh, I got a clock on you. got 40 seconds. <sighs> I don't remember exactly what it was, but I remember that I remember seeing that, and I was like, I don't agree with that. That if if someone got caught, I think it was just if they got 
if they got caught with just a small possession of marijuana, like in their car, like if it was mm. if it was someone else's or something, that they should go to jail for like a long time. And I didn't agree with that. Yeah, it's funny because my roommate yeah. went to school in Oklahoma, and one of the things he told me is weed laws out there were cra- like he got like his room, his RA came into his dorm, or whatever, and they found like a stem in his room, and he was looking at like years. Dang. Okay, I do remember that that I felt strongly about. All right. Because because I, I was like, what if that was me? And I was in someone's car, then they found that and I had nothing to do with it. Like, yeah, because I was gonna say you're exactly. I'm done. I'm done. <laughs> yeah. I'm a black guy. With dress like I'm done. <laughs> the weed ain't yours. Get the fuck out of here. Okay. <laughs> Rastafari ass nigga. Get out of here. Uh, all right. I, I, this will be fun as we get like various people of various races on. I like this as our, our go-to question. What's the one act of racism that you ever experienced, witnessed, or participated in that you remember most or was most impactful? Huh. I remember there was one time in the post offices in Oklahoma and I was kind of rushing to get back to the counter because I ran to the car to go get something. Mm-hmm. And I came back in, and there was this this older white gentleman that was there. Not not gentlemanly at all. Um, <laughs> and I walked by, and he said, uh, uh, excuse me, why, why did you just bowl past me? And I said, I'm sorry, sir. And I didn't. I said, I'm sorry, sir. I was just trying to get back to the to the counter. So I just go by. I'm going to the, back to the counter. Then the guy comes. He's in the back of the post office. He screams at the top of his lungs so everybody can hear. Ma'am, you need to get your son under control. He just bowled past me like a bat out of hell. You need to get him in line. <laughs> I'm like, what? So we started. Was we, your we mother left. there? Yeah. Oh, like, that's, not, that's how he said this to some other random no, black lady. No. <laughs> no, he said that to he said that to my mom, and then we started leaving. Your mom said, "No, <laughs> I need nah. to go. Need to go and tell him." And they had this big old shouting match, and um, and she was saying that that was I totally you know, call out a son in front of a black woman. Uh, like, no, no, no. no, she she you ate, she, executed? she ate him, she ate him up. Like it was, it was great. Shout out to mom, thanks. But um, but then what he did, he said he, uh, he and I didn't know this at the time, but he pulled out his wallet and he showed some badge. He said, "Ma'am, do you know who I am?" Mm. And looking back, I realized that that was a neo-Nazi symbol. Jesus. Oh, like wow. so, he's probably a leader of some KKK clan or something. Wow. I didn't know that at the time, but yeah. uh, looking back, oh, like yeah, serious. yeah. <laughs> so that's why there's some places in Oklahoma that we can't go. <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. So that was probably yeah, that, definitely that one. <laughs> culture or relationships? Uh, culture question yet? No, go to relationship, right. and I'll think of a culture. All right. Uh, I need my phone to stop blocking itself. Hmm. Uh, hmm. You want the easy way out, or you want the tough question? Oh. <laughs> I'm, I'm giving you the option. Not too easy, I guess. All right. Do you believe in a one true love, or do you like believe in some sort of free love? You can love multiple people type show, or you, are you uh, you have one true love in life? You're destined to find kind of person. I believe sure it can happen for some people. Me personally, I think all the time of how many people that you can be compatible with all mm. the time. Hmm. Like it's just it's just. Are you in a relationship now? True. No. Okay. No. If you were to do a relationship, are you a poly relationship person or a primary with extra person or like? How do you like he's traditional. He's a military family. Like, <laughs> right. Yeah. I was gonna say. Yeah. Okay, he's like traditional. Yeah. No. I mean, all the relationships I've been with, uh, I've been in. I haven't been in very many, but the relationships I have been in have been exclusive with that one specific person. Where I'm at right now, I don't even know if I want to be in a relationship right now, just because of that thought that I said that it's just yeah. crazy that there are so many people in this world and yeah. it's just you know it's just wild so okay. me personally 
Yeah, I'm sure you can find that one you love, but then on the flip side, there are so many people that you're compatible with that you might not have met. Him. Dr. Right. Christopher Ryan, shout out to his podcast. I thought He's you were able to call yourself Dr. Christopher. No. <laughs> <laughs> Dr. Christopher here. He's <laughs> in the building. Here's my thing. He says, and like, you know, it's, I have hope for like there being true love and all that shit out there, but he says, like, if 60% of airplanes dropped out of the, out of the sky, they would reinvent airplanes. Sixty percent of marriages fail. We still we follow the same model. Well, I mean, my stance on this is well documented. Yeah. I mean, traditional relationships are ignorant. It's, it's my stance. It's a failing. I don't know. Whatever. It's like we, we like as people like we just need to, like if you're in a traditional style of relationship like that's fine. It's just like that's willful ignorance of the possibility of being able to love other people and or the opportunities to experience other things in your life mm-hmm. is an act of ignorance. I'm fine with that. I understand the trade off and why that's important to a lot of people and why a lot of people get into those. And I'm f- I, like you said, if you have a one true love that you is your absolute one and only soulmate. Go for it. Yeah. I do it. Yeah. Can't imagine that life. That sounds crazy to me. I love my girlfriend. She's sitting directly behind me. She's the best person I've <laughs> ever met in my life, and I can't wait to spend the rest of my life with her. I also can't wait for all the interesting and awesome people I'll meet along the way, and that I'm happy and like very thrilled to be in a relationship where I can do both of those things because I don't understand people who would be like, no, I love you. You can never experience the company of another human being because the fear that that person may be better than me is so strong that I can't allow you to be in that temptation. Like, girl, have some faith. Yeah. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, you guys listen to uh, Christopher Ryan's podcast. You'll fucking love it. I started to. Found oh, a recommendation. Right. <laughs> right. All right, yeah. culture question. Right, I, I dubbed you with one question. I got three out of four. Yeah, all right. Here's, <laughs> here's, here's one. Okay. And you can, like, answer this a couple ways. Remember, not, every guest we ever have is going to be asked this question. Because I'm, I, oh, no. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> this one, this one. <laughs> Send the bar, man. Establish that next one later. <laughs> Okay, because, like, I would see, assume that it generally, like, speaking, our table will be considered, like, the what they call the quote-unquote new black. Yeah, no, I would agree with that. What mm-hmm. out of, like, black culture would you immediately like to eliminate? Or out of hip-hop culture or music culture or whatever, you're just like, yeah, we're just done with this. No, like, black culture, popular black, black culture. Black, popular It's Gucci with that. Which you were like, ah, just, why, we, why is it so exciting? What would you like famous niggas to stop doing? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> hmm. That's a good question. i like people to stop doing. For instance, I'd like Lil Wayne to stop rapping. Oh, that Lil Wayne. He I'm needs sure, one more I'm, album. I'm sure. I'm kidding. He said that Lil Wayne, that Lil Wayne. I used to hate Lil Wayne until the past six years of hip hop happened. Yeah, I just need one more hour for a little wine. Hmm. That's interesting. I haven't thought about our culture, I guess, as How well. about music? You can do musically. Like, what in music culture, whether in any genre, where you just like, I'm just done with this? Or I would like to see improvements in this? Like I said, not internally. I have seen externally. This I don't know if this... Because this is culture, I don't know if it quite counts as what you say, but the fact that if I, the, like the way that I speak and the way I carry myself, and I guess this could just be like 
a racist thing or snap judgment for just people for people to not think that mm-hmm. to take me as I am and not think that I'm white mm-hmm. because yeah. on the inside because of how I carry myself yeah. I just take that back because like in high in in in, in elementary school junior high and high school uh, and we gotta a get little that college the fuck out of there yeah, yeah I 100 percent yeah that, that that I got called I can't tell you how many times that Oreo. I've been called Oreo yeah, because yeah. I act white on the inside and I say and when I respond no, we really, we're gonna people, rename the podcast and do the Oreo podcast because oh, oh, like, that shit the fuck out of oh, there. Yeah, oh. we talk about it's like I made and this sounds terrible but I've made such a conscious effort especially since moving to the city uh-huh. it's like since, since I lived in the city I lived in Roxbury and Dorchester the only place I lived in the city mm-hmm. so I made a conscious effort to like blacken my speech up Mm. And that feels disgusting to me mm. that I'm actively like I ain't seen the word yeah, nigga like, so you, often yeah. in my life ever. Yeah. You, you, like, are, you, know you are, yeah. And I, when I, whenever I ask people that, that said, uh, "Oh, Pascal, you act so white," I said, "Okay, well." Tell me what acting blacks, what does that mean? It's exhausting to even have to answer that fucking question. Right? Like, like, and, and people people didn't have an answer. People didn't have an answer. And I was like, because I don't, like, what, what are you thinking? That, that I don't sag my pants, that I don't have a draw? Like, what, what, is that, what does that mean? Yeah, that's exhausting. What does that mean? I love kale. Okay, so <laughs> it is not good for black culture. The, the fact that, like, the people, the, the black people that are speak, quote, like, proper English, or educated, or almost looked at as like, oh, that, well, that doesn't fit in with our culture. We right. rather speak slang. Like, no, both are. I appreciate like, like slang and and, and urban culture, but we urban culture right, sure. has to also really appreciate the fact that there's smart black dude. We need to appreciate the Neil deGrasse Tysons as much right. as we do the fucking Gucci Mans. Exactly, and that's how we move forward. Like your rock star should be Neil deGrasse Tyson, and it also. Should right. be Jay Z and Gucci man. I remember um, like because uh, I listened um, to Chameleonaire a lot mm-hmm. whenever he was putting out all of his music, and um, and I remember on a lot of songs that he would always comment that people he, that he always had the same problem that mm-hmm. you know because he was a well-educated black man who spoke well that he was white. Yeah. You know, like so yeah. So like so that like you know Chameleon's making a boatload of cash. I know, and he's doing so many things on the side and business things. Yeah, that's what I mean. Next level, but um, but yeah. So I don't have a thing like yes, it's wild. So yeah, I guess. If that counts, yeah, that counts. Because okay. that, yeah. I couldn't, I couldn't think of anything like me. Because you know, let's like, eradicate think, Oreos. That's where we're. we're <laughs> Oreos had a shelf life. Them shits expire in 2017. Yeah. Eat the rest of them that you got in 2018. There's no more Oreos. There's no more Twinkies. Shout out to all our Asian fans. What are, take what, people as they are. What's take the, people yeah, as they what's are. What's acting white for Native American people? An apple. Why is America has a great? I don't think we like Native American. They don't. I think they get. They, I think only they, black people have the pressure on us to act. A nah, way. like Asians definitely get that. No, I don't. Feel I, like no, I've talked. Listen, I, I am well documented oh, on this podcast as having very few Asian friends and being like particularly weirdly racist against Southeast Asians. Uh, even in the like small the circles that run. They're supposed to be super good at math, like that. Oh no, but like, no, they or to act proper. To act proper and Asian. quote unquote white in like an assimilation tactic. It's like very preached by like a lot of like traditional house that like if, if you were going to come here and like become Americans to like act super like traditional American mm-hmm. like uh, a lot of like okay. converted Catholics and you know like especially yeah. areas in like the, the central parts of the country uh, and that shit's just fucking weird to me and so it's all it's, like you said stop acting like anything you're not like be you and accept people exactly where they're at not where you want them to be at yeah like, none, none of us where we want to be at stop trying to act like we need to be where you want us to be right yeah Everybody's on their own journey. So. Yep. Yep. As usual, this has been the Black Hippie update from your boys yeah. at the Late Work Podcast. <laughs> uh, 
right, you want to take us out, Chris? Have you got anything else we got to hit on? Is there uh, anything, is there anything else did, you want to play? We covered a lot. We could have, I mean, I think we just died. This could have been one of our two and a half hour episodes. It's really oh, I, honestly, and honestly, everyone, the last, our last subject could have been a whole podcast by itself. That's what I mean. We're going to have you back, man. Yeah, we're going to do, we're going to Pascal do our jingle for our intro music, and then we're going to have him back on oh, the podcast. Oh, yeah, email Late to podcast at gmail.com. All right, but that's what we do. Yo, email us at late to work. What's our late to work? Late to work podcast at gmail.com. There it is. Email that shit. Late to work podcast gmail.com. With questions, time. But yeah, that's the fucking show, man. Go fuck yourself. Where can we find you, by the way? Oh, yeah. Shout out your. PascalGaroot.com. How the fuck do you spell Garoot? P A S C A L, and then Garoot is G A R O U T E. Do you have a SoundCloud or anything you want to shout out or anything? Um, or yep, every to... website that I have actually has oh, right Pascal Garoot. Yep, okay. everything is just Pascal Garoot. So. All right, so all y'all listening on SoundCloud, go find Pascal Garoot. Are you on iTunes? I am. All right, find my Spotify. All right, we only on iTunes and SoundCloud, so don't go promo on YouTube. You better than that. Fuck out of here, you're Spotify boys. Nah, check my man on Spotify, check my man on SoundCloud, iTunes, Pascal Garoot. Root, right? Correct. I want to make sure I'm not mispronouncing that. Thank I am Groot. I, I am Groot. <laughs> yeah, I am Groot. I still haven't seen either of those movies. Oh, shame. But I know, that, I know that I am Groot. Yeah. Uh, one love. Don't be a dickhead. Don't be a dickhead. Peace out.